Uh, welcome to February, everybody. I guess last week was February, too, but uh, we're the Board Game Mechanics. I am Joel, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what is going on? It is Jason. Jason, I don't... Man, I don't have anything zany, 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 zany up top here to say, really. <laughs> yeah, it's not been a zany kind of day, really, but that's all right. No, same here. I'm. Yeah, this might be a short episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Although we say that every week and then it ends up being like right on the 58 minute mark. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we are trying to cram in 20 awesome games into each of these episodes. So we'll see. Yeah. And you've got a pretty important Kickstarter to talk about, I think. I don't know. I haven't looked at the show notes, but there's a pretty impressive Kickstarter going. So let's get to that news, I guess. All right. So I found a few things on Kickstarter that I wanted to talk about. And the first one is uh, from Dr. Finn's Games, and it is the Little Flower Shop and the Potpourri Expansion are both on Kickstarter. So basically, it's a Kickstarter for the Potpourri Expansion, which is $5, but you can add on the entire base game for an extra 20 So you can get the expansion plus base game for $25. And if you want to know more about this game, there's a review up on our channel on YouTube that you can check out. And there's, I think... Two days left in the Kickstarter by the time this episode airs. So if you're interested, move quickly. Very cool. Uh, and I, there's one more that I found today when I was scrolling through, and it's from Daily Magic Games, and the game is called Chocolatiers. So what you're trying to do in this is it's a card drafting game. So you're trying to draft these chocolates. And using these chocolates, you're going to cash them in to gain this tile, which is like a part of the box of chocolates that you're creating. So... The first person to get six tiles from cashing in cards is going to end the game and could possibly be the winner. So it's nothing groundbreaking. It seems like a little bit like Sushi Go, but there's a little bit of tile placement as well. So if you're into that and you like drafting, go check this out. By the time this episode airs, I think we'll have about six days left on Kickstarter. So you have a little more time, but don't snooze on it or you'll miss it. The only one I thought you might mention, and I guess uh, you're allergic to this one doubly, is the uh, Coolman here not. Uh, like dungeon crawl, munchkin themed dungeon crawl kind of thing. Um, it's like four hundred thousand dollars after nine days or something. So I mean, like, uh, like every other cool mini or not Kickstarter, it's just massive. So uh, this it is kind of funny though. They put like a stretch goal card in there that's kind of meta. It's about like a it's a troll card, but it's a forum troll card, and it's just really funny. I don't know. Um, you should go check that out over on their Kickstarter. Um, the other thing too, I just want to mention. This isn't really news, but like. This is just a public service announcement. Check what your games are worth, like before you accept trades. I think I've said this before. Like I've gotten three or four trades this week, and they all were for Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea. And I was like, man, what the heck is going on with this? And then I found out there's no copies for sale. It's selling for like a ton of money on Amazon, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So people are just constantly trying to figure out like how to make money. It seems like or or get a ton of value out of you on the board game geek market or the trade the bazaar, I guess. So just maybe do yourself a favor and just check what games are selling for real quick before you accept a trade. And some of the trades that I got offered were like, honestly, just insulting. So, um, it's okay to, it's okay to decline trades and, uh, just do a little homework on them. That's my PSA for this week. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't realize that game was out of print, So that's interesting. Yeah. It's between print runs and like, you can't buy, I have the order and chaos expansion too. And a couple of little mercenary packs and you just can't find them. And I mean, I don't know. Pe- people are trying to be generous, but one guy said, uh, I said, I'm not interested in this tree. He's like, what are you interested in? I'll get whatever. 
And I, I, I almost said, we'll find a copy of Pred Reporter and we'll talk just to be funny. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right. So I got to play an awesome Vitaliserta game this weekend. And that game is Kanban. Ah, very good. That's yeah, a good one. It is good. I played it with four players, and it still only took maybe a couple hours. Not too terrible. And I ended up losing, but that's okay. Uh, I try. I don't know if I did a great job of explaining the game, because this is one of those games where, you know, every little thing you do interacts with another piece of the board. So I don't know if I explained how everything went together as well. But essentially, if you don't know what this game is, you're going around trying to collect these blueprints to make these cars. You're getting parts to try to upgrade the cars. You're using these blueprints to get cars that have rolled off the assembly line off of the test track to put in your garage. And you're trying to do that more efficiently than everybody else so you can score a pile of points. It's normal VTAL stuff, but one little decision turns into like a 15-minute turn. So yeah, if you're into VTAL games and you like a car theme, definitely check this one out, and that is Kanban. This is one that if you're feeling too confident and want to be a little bit humble, you play this one, Cassandra will come and teach you humility. So that's, uh, I think that's what that little pink lady's name is, Sandra. Yeah, Sandra, yeah. So that's one of the kind of cool things in this game that there's a there's an auditor who makes sure you're playing the game well. Um, that's cool. I, I like this game a lot too. Uh, very good. Vidal Lacerda doesn't post a ton on Facebook out in the like board game groups, but sometimes he'll pop up and he's just really funny when he does. So this week someone posted the question, what's your ideal board game length? And he just popped up and just simply said three hours. I just love that he did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been funny if he said like 30 minutes. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been really funny. <laughs> But I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it just that his games are all about three hours. Um, and if you play with someone who people who know what they're doing, they can go pretty quick, though. Like you, you had. Yeah, that's true. So I played. Um, this is one that's from Feld, and it was his heavier game that came out last year, and that's Forum Trajanum. Um, or Trajanum. I, I think I've heard a couple people say, but it's like Trajan's the game, so Trajanum makes more sense to me. Um, it's a kind of cool game. You're building a little colony in Rome, um, and so you're you're taking these workers that are face down kind of uh, and like they give you some kind of benefit. So they basically turn into like some different kinds of labor or different, you know, things that are going to help you build your little colony. And you basically take one of those and you give one to another person in the game and then you get one from them. So it's like kind of a drafting passing thing almost. And then you're going to select from those two, which one you want to keep and actually use unless you do like a special power up thing. And they give you just a ton of different options to pick up different kinds of workers to build buildings in your city. And if you build certain kinds of buildings, then you get to influence uh, the main the main emperors and the government by putting one of your people into the main colony of the of the center board. Um, if you do like one of the public works types of buildings, like a fountain kind of thing, um, not not a fountain, that's a that's a private. But when you do like a library, you get to move yourself up on another track that's going to get you more points, and then that's going to actually score you points because you score points based on having unique gray buildings in each row. So it's all about just it's a total point salad. I can't really do justice on how this game works in a little what I played for three minutes segment. I did do a review of it, so if you're interested in it, um, there's a few reviews up there uh, on it. It's a good Feld, though. It's a good heavy, heavy-ish Feld. It doesn't feel like any other game I've really played. It's, I mean, the only part that feels like 
a, it feels like a feld in that it's just there's a million ways to play the game and the mechanic though of taking the tiles and picking one and passing one on that's different to me and the way that you pick the tiles is kind of like bingo almost too so um i don't know pretty neat uh game overall but i think as much as i like this one jason i think you'll really like it so i'm gonna hand this one off to you to to check it out and get a review up to yourself hopefully uh and i'll let you i'll let you park this one in your collection because i think you'll love it so um i like it a lot though but uh i know you're gonna love it jason so uh, i'm gonna hand this one off to you and i want to hear what you say you say about it here in a month or two maybe cool yeah it looks it looks slick i mean i'm definitely interested in it for sure so that'll be exciting you just love Feld more than I do. I mean, I think Feld just fine, but I mean, uh, let's see here. Yeah, we're going to talk about a Feld today that is my go-to Feld, and it's not really even a Feld. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. He's 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 becoming a designer I like more, but um, I don't know. I just have a hard time, too, with that multitasking, trying to figure out how to get all the points as efficiently as possible thing. Like, my brain doesn't work well with that. So, um, a very good game, though. I would suggest, if you like Feld, check out Forum Trajanum. Really good. All right, so back to the top 100. We will continue, and we are doing number 40 through 31, I believe, today. That sounds right. That seems right. Yeah, all right. So enough talking. Let's start talking about good stuff about the game. So number 40 for me is a game from What's Your Game, because I really dig them a lot. And this game is called Zhang Wo. Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you've played this one or not, but I haven't. I really haven't even heard you talk about this one much. I know you like it, but I'm curious about this one. Yeah, so essentially all this is, it's a huge board, but all this is is a card game. So you have a little player player board in front of you with like I think five different provinces in front of it. On a round in a round, you're going to either play a card to your your player board or you're going to play a card to the main board. If you play it to your player board, that's basically all you're going to do and it's building an engine for when you play a card to the main board. So I may put a card in my um, province number one that gives me like a bonus of like, say, a brown money or an orange money or something. And then when I play a card to the player board, depending on if it's higher or lower than the card that's already there, depending on what action I want to take, it may fire off that engine that I have in my tableau of all that type of action. So say I want to take a build a wall action, any build a wall action that I have across my tableau, all of those will fire as long as I played a card that's either higher or lower than what's already been played. That's the essentially the game. But within that, the, you're building the wall to try to get some area control points. You're trying to get these governors in these provinces for more area control. There's like five area majority games. And then this card game, there's a lot going on. But if you like heavy games that are really simple to play, this is your the one for you. So number forty, Zhang Wo. Yeah, it sounds like a puzzle and a a tableau kind of thing together. If if you're kind of trying to puzzle out your hand with your tableau, it sounds really neat though. Yep, I like it. Cool. My number forty is uh, the family weight game from one of my favorite designers, uh, Broom Service by uh, Feaster. And this one um, is really not a heavy game. I mean, like he's kind of known for making medium heavy ish games. Um, this one's really a family weight, um, but basically you're picking an action and then you're going to use that action to make brews and deliver them and deli- like change the weather patterns and things like that. But basically you have a, a few actions you can select. And then once what makes this kind of interesting is you can hope that no one else picks it, be brave and get a big benefit. 
And if that's the case, you get a really nice benefit by being a brave witch. Or you can be a cowardly witch and play it safe, and you're going to get some kind of benefit, but not quite as good of a benefit. Um, just kind of a neat, like, kind of set collection. Uh, not really root building, but, like, just kind of a, a delivery kind of thing. And this is... Uh, this is this is uh, Brim Service is a remake, not really remake, but a modification of an older game too that I like too, called Witch's Brew. That was just a card game, so it has that card game inside of it, but then it adds like a spatial board kind of element to it, which is kind of neat. So uh, my number forty is Brim Service, and I know this is one that you you kind of like at least. I didn't know if this one made your list or not. Yeah, I thought I mentioned it already, but maybe I didn't. I do really like this game, and if I didn't mention it, it's because nobody wants to play it with me. Because no one in my group likes it except for me. So, yeah, I did mention it. It was up like 90, 80 area. Yeah, it's just uh, it's too adorable for some people. Yeah, too much too much cuteness. Those little witches. The fairy little weather witches does people in. Yeah, I'm a brave weather fairy. <laughs> it is really funny to say that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, yeah, good pick. I like that one. That uh, was broom service. My number 39 is a game from Queen Games, who they may be on my list more than anybody, but this is probably not my favorite game from theirs, but definitely one of my favorites, and this is Thebes. Hmm. So this is just a little push-your-luck game where you're spending 75% of the game walking around this map to collect knowledge of certain areas, collect some kind of cars, learning how to dig better, and then you're spending the last 25% of the game going to these areas and hoping to pull out stuff from this bag that's not dirt. Um, so if that sounds cool, I would say this is a game for you. There's more to it than that, but that's essentially it. You're doing some set collection and then going to try to push your luck to see if you can get some fancy artifacts out of this bag at the dig site. So I like it. So my number 39 is Thebes. Yeah, I, I had this one lower on my list. Uh, I do like it as well. Um, I think the cool thing about this one that is, it just needs mention as well is that time is a currency in this game that you spend time and that's kind of neat too. So, um, but I really like by traveling, you, you can travel a lot, but it's going to spend a lot of time to do it. I just think it's really cool how they do that. So yeah, good pick Jason. Yep. Uh, my number 39 is a worker placement game where you aren't really placing on the spots, but between the spots to get hybrids of produce. And that is Scoville. Um, you're basically trying to collect these peppers. You have this chart that says if I place between, uh, you know, a white pepper and a black pepper, I'm going to get a translucent pepper. And then you are trying to basically collect these peppers in order to make recipes for different chili cook-offs and things like that. And then you also are able to collect peppers at like produce fairs, things like that. You keep putting more peppers into this board and the board's really cool. Um, I, I don't know why they didn't make it just like, like, like a dual folding board, but it's like these puzzle pieces just snap together and then it has tons of pepper cutouts in it. And I'm sure that it's the puzzle kind of thing because they wanted it to lay flat because um, it's really important it lays flat, but the, the game's really good. Um, it's from TMG, I'm nearly certain. And I think TMG is my queen. There's a lot of TMG games on my list, um, but a really cool game. It's kind of thinky, but really neat. And this is one that I think when it came out, it didn't have a ton of, of acclaim, but it's gotten a slow pretty passionate fan base including me i really do enjoy it i think you'd like it too jason if you get an opportunity to play it yeah i definitely want to it it does look awesome and i know you've brought it a few times when we've been in the same area but it just never got played so maybe one of these days i'll actually get to play it yeah and it's not too long of a game either i mean like i think you you could play it with people who aren't you know ap prone in in an hour you know you know so anyway that was scoville number 39 all right my number 38 is 
one of the games that it's actually one of my, I was tied for number one of my most played games of last year, which I'm actually surprised it's not higher, but that's only because it's probably not heavy enough. So this game is called Dice Forge. Oh, great pick. Yeah, I've, I've played this game with everybody, people who don't normally play games at my church. Um, it goes over like gangbusters every single time. So all you're doing in this game, you're rolling dice to collect currency of like these different colored gems and gold and points. And then you can either use the, that those currency that you have gathered to either buy cards that are worth points and give you some kind of special ability sometimes, or you can buy new faces for your dice and pop out the old one to make your dice better. That's it. It takes place over eight or nine rounds, depending on the player count. You can knock this out in about 30 minutes at the most. So if you like dice games and you played Rattlebones or you know what that is, definitely check this one out because it's one of the best games like this I've ever played and probably one of my favorite gateway games. That is my number 38, Dice Forge. Fantastic pick. And somehow this one missed my list. Um, I think when I made this list, I wasn't quite as high on it as I as I am now. I really do like it. It's one that is accessible to people. That's a huge strength of it. It's quick, like you said. It plays well at most player counts. Um, it's just a neat game. It keeps you engaged the whole time because you're doing something on everyone's turn. Great pick, Jason. Yep, I definitely love this game. My number 38, Jason, is Istanbul. And I think maybe you've talked about this one already. Um, cool worker placement game. Maybe you haven't. Um, but this one's one that you basically... Um, are are putting out these different like markets or different parts of a town and you are going out with a stack of family members basically and you leave one behind to do some work while you send other family members like you move and get other family members to to uh, go do different jobs all of it to just try and get gems it's a race to get some gems and basically the cool thing about it I mean amongst the, all the cool things on it it's just the way how the balance of it works and how it does worker placement in kind of a light way is really cool that stacking family members thing is really cool and then um, I think it's fun that you go back to the fountain and like it's like that thing of like uh, where you'd hear someone's dad whistle real loud in the middle of the park and all the kids knew to come back you know to the slide or whatever that's kind of what happens <laughs> with this one everyone comes back to the fountain and you stack up again and you go do it again it's got kind of a cool mechanism too with like with jail. Um, it was the original game where you had jail in it. So basically you can break someone out of jail from your family and they'll go do some work for you somewhere, like kind of wherever. Um, but then if they get caught, you go back to jail and you have to get them back out. So it's like kind of a way to bank an action almost. Um, pretty cool though. Istanbul, my number 38. Sweet. Yeah, it was my number 41. So I talked about it last week. So yeah, I definitely we're pretty close yeah, on that one i dig that game and i you're actually the one that turned me on to it because you mentioned it on one of your first top 100s that i saw and i was like dude i need to play that and i played it and i love it yeah it's a good game all right so my number 37 used to be my favorite go-to um gateway game and it's from our boy philip duberry and that is revolution mm. hmm. i still love it it's just dice forges it's working its way up so Revolution's still a little higher just because I've played it and had it longer, but Dice Forge will probably overtake it. But Revolution, it's a simple little auctiony bidding game where you're bidding for these area control spaces on this board. That's essentially it. And when you bid on a person, they may give you some stuff as well as being able to put things out. So simple game. If you like bidding and you like area control and don't mind a little bit of in-your-face gameplay, then check this one out. So 37, Revolution. Super mean game. But it's full of laughs because like you you end up like 
you do secret selection on it, so you can't intentionally try and block someone out or be mean to them. But you end up being mean to someone every game, and it's like it gets to be funny <laughs> because it's not intentional. And, and then sometimes people get so upset about the game that they don't care about winning anymore, and they're just like, "I'm going to try and figure out what Jason's doing this round and just block <laughs> him and like be mean to him." Yeah. So, um, and put like my high bid on what he really needs this round. So that's really fun too. Um, it's a it's a really fun game for sure. Um, I like it, and I like that you use it with introductory players because I mean, really, it's simple, and it and it sees if you're tough enough to go play those mean games later. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I don't even like mean games, but this is the one that I like to gravitate to because it's unintentional, like you said. So I think that makes it a little more forgiving people laugh a ton when they play this game too i mean they just do it's it's a good time yep for sure all right jason my number 37 is uh not quite a laugh a minute it's a good game but it's uh it's not like what i would call like a like real chuckle fest and that's kingsburg um it's kind of a drier game it's dice placement uh done kind of in about the most dry way possible honestly there's just an array of people that give you stuff you put some dice out you get stuff you collect enough stuff, you can build buildings that help you get better stuff and more stuff. So um, kind of cool. It's got a neat makeup mechanism in it where like the player who's kind of starting to trail off gets an extra die. Um, and I like that. So it keeps the game fairly close. Um, just a good game. And this is kind of one of the first dice placement games that I know of. So um, pretty cool game. It got a reprint last year where it has some more like variable setup kind of stuff. I have the original edition. I just like the aesthetic of it better. And I don't play it enough that I feel like I can min-max the placement of the guys. So I think it's fine for me. Um, but Kingsburg, and then you need you really need the expansion, which I think comes built into the new edition. So um, Kingsburg with To Forge a Realm. Yeah, I played this for the first time, actually. It was the last game I played last year. And it's a good game. I played Kingsport, but not Kingsburg. And Kingsburg is pretty fun. Yeah, and I don't know a lot about Kingsport, except for it's like kind of a rescan with some rule changes, but I know they're really closely related. Yeah, they're essentially the same. Cool. All right, my number 36 is uh, a game about pirates. No, not pirates, sorry. Vikings. And it is from Garfield Games, and it is Raiders of the North Sea. So huh. the reason I like this one, I like the mechanism where you have to put a worker down, take an action, and then you pick a worker up, and you get to take an action. So you're kind of getting two actions, but your second action kind of depends on where somebody else has gone because you're going to the place you really want to go, usually with your first action. And then you have the possibility where you can go raid some areas and then you're leaving your guy behind forever, but you're going to get to take a better guy. It's going to open up some gray workers and some white powerful workers. And yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's simple worker placement stuff, but that little take one put one on and take one off mechanism is a little interesting to me so my number th- 36 raiders of the north sea we hopefully can get an interview with a representative from garfield soon so uh stay tuned for that um i think he's on our list of people that is gonna do an interview with us soon so um but yeah cool pick jason uh you like you're one of the kind of rare people who likes this one better than architects right yeah i didn't like the jail thing in architects so i this is a little more my speed well like it becomes kind of a popularity contest i mean like even I don't know if people like another player better than you or perceive you as more of a threat, they're going to toss your guys in jail. Even if someone else has like more workers and stuff out, it feels like sometimes I think, so I don't know, like that doesn't feel good to me. And I don't know if that came through on your play, but like, yeah, uh, I think Raiders is a really cool game. So anyway, good pick. Thanks. Um, 36, Jason. Oh, I don't know if you're going to be okay with this one being at 36. Uh, this is my go-to foul. This is Bruges. Um, I really like just all the different, 
kind of things going on at once. I kind of complained about that earlier, but I I like it with the card play. I like the cards, man. I just I don't know. It it feels like a Euro game with like a card driven thing inside of it that's really cool. And uh because it has those cards and the card thing where the multi-use cards are in the game and you can use the cards for so many different things, it makes for really meaningful choices. Um and then there's like this like Basically, I think it's a dam that you're building too, or a canal actually, um, that if you ignore it, you're going to lose the game. Um, or if you only do one side of it, you're probably going to lose the game. So um, it's just got a lot of things that you have to kind of keep spinning at once, which feels good in this one um, because most of it revolves around those cards. So my number 36 is Bruges. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to talk about it too much because it will show up later, but that is definitely a good pick. Ah, spoilers. All right. So my number 35 is uh, a game that I picked up at Origins a couple years ago, or maybe last year, I don't know. They all run together. And it is a game about running a TV network, and it is called The Networks. Uh, wow, that's really high. Yeah. I didn't, I, man, I need to play that. Dude, it's so, it's super good. Like I was surprised how high it is too, but it just kept coming up. I was like, man, I like this game better than these other games. And every time I played it, it goes over well. Like It's not really a gateway game, but people can pick pick up on it pretty easy. Everybody knows what TV shows are what the TV shows need ads and stars to make them popular. It's a simple game of set collection and drafting. You're kind of taking, you're going around the table. You're either taking a TV show, you're taking on a network card, which is going to give you like a special power in-game bonuses, taking an actor or some ad revenue. And that's the game. You're trying to put certain shows on certain time slots to get a pile of viewers, which are points. And then after uh, I think five rounds, whoever has the most points is the winner. Simple game. It has funny TV shows, cool artwork, so if you're a fan of drafting and set collection type games, check this one out. That's 35, The Networks. 35 for me, Jason, is one that you've already mentioned, uh, and that is Agricola, also called Misery Farmer at times. Um, there's going to be another game really similar to it coming up on my list, um, and it's not the one you're thinking. So I'm not going to talk a ton about this one, but it's basically uh, some cards, some workers, keeping your family well-fed and being more efficient all the time. Uh, a Kind of Uwe Rosenberg's first masterpiece type game, and since then he's had some other kind of masterpieces come out, but this is the original and I still really like it. It's a great game. I will play it about any time. Now, wait a minute. Let's not throw the word masterpiece around when he also did Bonanza. I mean, Bonanza is a masterpiece, man. <laughs> Dude, I love Bonanza, but that's beside the point. But yes, Agricola is a great game. And I've- Bonanza is great, man. <laughs> For a game to have that terrible of art in it and last this long is amazing. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Those pictures are pretty hideous. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the like chili bean smoking a cigarette is really funny though. Yeah, it really is. He's standing in gasoline too, which is funny. Yeah. Uh, all right, my number thirty-four is another game that you turned me on to that I'd never heard of before. And there was a game store that went out of business, and I didn't get a chance to get there. Yes. But, but I told uh, the people who were going, I was like, "Hey, if you see this game, pick it up. I will gladly pay you for it." And that game is from Simon, and it is called Dogs of War. Yes, Jason. Yes. This is another Paolo Mori game. I have I like quite a few of his games. He's on my list a lot. Um, so th- all this game is is essentially like a little tug of war. You're playing cards down to move the influence either in favor of one house or another. And once all your little workers are placed on the board and the battles are over, you're going to score the sides. Whoever wins is going to move their flag up be worth more points at the end of the game game for each shield of that color that you have that you can get through different means. And that's it. It takes place over about three, four rounds. I'm not sure money's tight. 
uh, people get kind of irritated with you because unlike Revolution, you can flat out be mean to somebody in this game just to be mean. So if you're into that and you like simple games that look really sweet, check this one out. That's my number 34, Dogs of War. So this game, when people get it, they're tempted to play it like a worker placement game. And if you play it like a worker placement game, it comes up flat. And that's why I think that it didn't get higher ratings than it should have uh, on Board Game Geek and places. I played this game like 10 times. And 9 out of 10 times, it was amazing because I had people who figured out this is a negotiation game. Like, it's not a worker placement game. It's 100% a negotiation game. And when people play it like a worker placement game, it's not a good game. But when you play it as a negotiation game, it's awesome because... I'm negotiating with you on the first line and we're like on the same team and we're like high-fiving each other because we're pulling this rope towards us really well. We're going to get tons of points because we've got a bunch of people going against us. And then like in the middle line, it may be you and us again, but we're trying to goad people to go against us because the more people who go against you, the more points you get, which is a really clever mechanic. And then in the third line, we might be like hating each other because we absolutely <laughs> like want to win that one, but we're on the opposite sides of that war. So we're playing as scuzzy war dogs and just like, I don't know. It's just so cool how it's just such a quick, like you're, you're making alliances and breaking them sometimes in the same round, you know? So um, really cool. And then those cards just change things up. I'm not going to talk any more about it because I'll probably talk about it later. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> not, not, not as much later as you might think. Um, but anyway, uh, we're up to what, 34? Yes. Wow. Um, this is an express episode, man. Awesome. Like you guys will, you guys will get to go home early today. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Your, your wife and I, uh, I just want to like go on the record to say I really like your wife and she's an awesome person. She's really kind, a good person, cool person. Her and I love to argue and we love to like be competitive about stuff. And I think that comes across as like, we hate each other or something, but I really like your wife. Like she's awesome. And she is the reason why number 34 is on my list. Um, because I never in a million years would have bought this game if she didn't rave about it so much. And that's Shakespeare. Um, the game looks bad, man. Like the front of it's fine looking, but then like, if you ever looked at the contents of the box, you'd be like, where's the rest of the game? Like, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, there's like 40 chits in here and like 18 cards. Like what, like where's the rest of the game? And then you play it and like, you realize it's not much to look at. There's not much content wise in the game, but it plays so well. It's just an amazing game. And, um, Katie just said, just, just trust that it's amazing. And, and then another reviewer said kind of the same thing. So I ended up getting copy like 50% off and man, what a great bargain of a buy for me. Um, just such a good game. And I just, man, I, the fact that people don't talk more about this game is just a crime almost. It's just such a good game. And I don't even have the expansion, the little expansion that you talk about sometimes, Jason. So um, Shakespeare's my 34. Um, just really love it. It's just such a cool game and just so good. And it's just like you can't even describe why it's good. It just is. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going to talk about it too much because, yeah, it might show up later. But, yeah, this is a fantastic game. I agree with you 100%. All right, my number, uh, what number? 33 is a Steffenfeld game, and it, Ooh. I think it's my favorite Feld. Not my favorite, a second favorite Feld. Well, I'll say that now. It could be different. So we'll just say it's a good Feld. And <laughs> it is Aquasphere. And I think I'm in the minority here because a lot of people hate this game, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of the stupid little purple octopod things, or they think the theme is stupid. I don't know. But all this game is, you're trying to program these robots you're going down into one of these like six areas and you're trying to take certain actions to 
get points. So you may program your robot to go clean up the octopods that are in this section. You're going to get so many points for every many octopods you can clean up. You might use your robot to go collect these um, black gems that are going to let you be able to advance your scoring marker past certain points. You might be able to collect some cards that are going to be in-game bonuses, or you might be able to put a submarine down, which are going to give you more time because time's kind of like your currency, how your sp- it lets you move through the spa- uh, the water, whatever it is, uh, the aquasphere, I guess. So if you like Feld and you like interesting themes with strange kind of gameplay, I would recommend this one, and that is Aquasphere, my number 33. Very cool. Um, I actually... Um, play a variant of this game called Survive from uh, Survive Escape from Aquasphere, where you take your copy of Survive Escape from Atlantis and put it on a table above Aquasphere. And the way how you populate your workers for Aquasphere is by having guys get tipped into the water from Survive Escape from Atlantis. So um, it's kind of a cool balancing of am I going to take my game of Survive Escape from Atlantis in order to get my Aquasphere guys going, or am I going to try and win Survive? Like how am I going to try and do this? So kind of a cool mashup game. Uh, not true at all, but it might work actually. Now that I think about it, <laughs> could be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody try that and make a video. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, uh, my my number thirty three uh, is we both stumbled on thirty three. Um, my number thirty three is a Viking game, and it gets compared to one of the games on your list this week for some reason. Um, but it's Champions of Midgard. It's uh, dice placement uh, where you're trying to fight these beastie guys, be able to fill up boats and feed your Vikings well, recruit new Vikings, um, and and just beat up enough bad guys to get points and. This one's not higher on my list, I think, because I played it a lot without the Valhalla expansion, and then I got the Valhalla expansion, and I felt like it changed the game so much that my like nostalgia for the original game was kind of like hurt. And I was like, it probably is better with Valhalla, but I mean, like, I just feel like there's so much of me that likes to play the old way that it's just weird to me, and I still need to get adjusted to it. So I think I'm going to prohibit playing this game for myself for a couple months so I can kind of forget the game and go back to it with fresh eyes. But def- definitely the Valhalla expansion, I think, makes the game better. Um, it just, it changed it so much that I don't like change that much. So I don't know. It's just kind of weird to think about like you're a little more careless with your Vikings cause you get stuff for them when they die, you know? So, um, I don't know. Champions of Midgard, I guess with the Valhalla expansion lands at 33 at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, my number 32 <laughs> is Champions of Midgard. <laughs> oh, that worked out really cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, everything you said, it does get compared with Raiders of the North Sea a lot. And they're not even the same. Like Champions is a worker placement, yes, but it has dice. It has battling big bads. Um, I like the Valhalla expansion a ton. And I, I like that, that you can just discard your dice and get these little chits to go spin for things because I felt like in the original game, all my guys were dying. Then I had to waste turn after turn after turn getting more dice just to go try to fight something. Now I have those. You know, the guys are in Valhalla. They're giving me chips. Might give me extra dice when they die. I got my extra little leader die. So I always have that guy hanging around. Just opens it up a little bit for me, and I dig it. So my number 32, Champions of Midgard. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think everything you said was totally right, that the the expansion does make it better. But, like, I'm so used to playing that game as, like, such a resource management game on those die, trying to maximize them so efficiently. And then, like, there's people who play it with the Valhalla that they're like, I'm going to blatantly kill these dudes off because I want those, you know, that sideboard to pop for me. And that's a viable strategy, you know? So, I mean, just just knowing that you're going to be more aggressive with it, and it's cool, I guess, but uh, it's just a different play style for me. Um, 
Pretty cool though. Very very cool game actually. The Dark Mountain, you have that one. I don't. Um, what does that do for the game? Uh, I think it adds uh, archers, which is like a green die. I think it also adds the leader. I'm not sure which one came in what, and it just adds an extra set of guys that you can fight. So you usually have like the droggers, but now you have like these people that live in the mountains. The best expansion is Valhalla. But I would love to get Dark Mountain, but they got to come out with a bigger box first because I think one of my favorite lines I've ever said where I was kind of proud of myself is where I talked about how putting me in a coach airplane seat is like trying to get champion in Valhalla, (laughs) champions in Valhalla in the same base box. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's hard to do that's funny all right uh, my number 32 jason is one that uh i'm gonna compare to agricola a little because they're both kind of like crafting something and trying to keep people satisfied while you build up the homestead and that's brew crafters it really does feel a little bit like agricola it looks like agricola there's definitely a little nod to agricola and how it's designed and everything but this is a cool game you're basically running a brewery um, and you're trying to figure out ways to maximize how you're going to get hops and different ingredients to try and make the best brews. Um, and then you're bottling them and running them through an assembly line and delivering them. And it's kind of a set collection thing because you're trying to like be the first person to make these different combinations of ingredients into certain brews. And then you have to unlock more advanced brews that are worth more points by doing the more basic brews. You also can upgrade your brewing by putting a, like a micro pub or a pub in your microbrewery. Um, you can add more storage. You can add just, it feels like you're running like a tycoon type game. I um, really like this game. Uh, just, I've talked about it a lot before. Um, the components on it are okay. Um, this is, I believe dice hate me games. Um, it'd be cool if they had a deluxe edition of this. And then homebrewers is the one that was on Kickstarter last year. Um, I'm curious to see once I get that one and start playing it, what it's going to do to brew crafters. I feel like they're in d- different enough games, but I'm definitely excited for home brewers. Uh, that's coming out sometime this year. I hope so. Uh, my 32 though was brew crafters. Um, just a cool worker placement game. Yeah. I've been kind of interested in this and I've been eyeing it. So someday we may have to play this too. We're going to have like a list of like a thousand games that we need to play. And I don't, I know man, that retirement <laughs> home where we go play games all day. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, my number 31 is another Philip DuBerry. So this must be the section of Philip DuBerry. And it is a co-op game, one of my favorites, and it is Black Orchestra. That's a great pick. Yeah, this game is fantastic. I've actually played this game twice in two weeks because we introduced it to some of our friends. And they liked it so much that they came over last weekend and wanted to play it again. The first time we got destroyed, I mean, we lost in like round two. It was bad. And then this last time, we ended up getting into day four, I think, and I had a plot of poison gas. I rolled some dice, and I poisoned Hitler, and it was great. So essentially what this game is, you're walking around trying to collect these little items. There's like weapons and gas and badges and stuff, and you're moving your guy around the board, and you're trying to collect things for these certain types of plots, get Hitler in a certain area where you're with him, make sure his military support's at a, a decent value that you can actually roll dice to beat him, and then if you can have more targets, then he has military strength, you're the winner. Or I think the same, one of the two. And that's the whole game. The dice rolling is intense because you usually get one roll and then bad things can happen. But if it's successful, it's a good time. So if you like co-ops and a little bit of tension, check this one out. That is my number 31, Black Orchestra. I was having an anxiety attack because I couldn't find this one on my list. Um, <laughs> but it's there. So I won't talk about it right now because it is coming up yet. But it's a great game for all the things you said. For sure. And the feeling you get from this game, you have to play it to experience that feeling. And it's so good. It's such an engaging, tense game. Love it. Great pick. Uh, 31 for me, Jason, is one of the games with 
some of the coolest art I've ever seen in a game. Some of the coolest production on it. Um, just the color palettes and everything are just fantastic. This game came in kind of a big box. It was kind of expensive when I bought it, and now you can buy it at really good bargains. Um, so congratulations, everyone. Um, but me, who paid like full MSRP <laughs> for it, that game is Feudum. Um, it's not just taken off very well for whatever reason. And I think it could be because it's maybe a little too heavy to be very table accessible. Um, but this game's really good, and it has this cool bumping kind of like push pull thing that happens with these guilds that you're influencing. Um, you're using that influence and those things that happen with those guilds to help you develop better little colonies or cities, and you're trying to upgrade them to get more points out of them. There's very minimal like could be combat to try and take over cities. Um, or like over influence them, but really most games I don't feel like that happens in. And honestly, the other thing too in this game is it has a ton of expansions in it, which I'd love to experience the expansions at some point. But every time I play Feudum, there's so much stuff that I want to do and so little actions because you're basically picking these cards out to try and do like five of your however many actions, and you're only doing so many rounds um, with this kind of cool built-in timer thing that you only get to experience maybe 50% of what the game has to offer each time you play um, because you're really getting focused on one area. And then someone else might have a totally different thing they're trying to do, and that's totally fine because you'll end up being close on points. And um, I don't know. It's just it's one of those ways, one of those games that you can just play it a bunch of ways and enjoy it every way you play it. Um, but it's got that mechanic of pushing and pulling with the with the different, like the synergizing of those different guilds has to happen in the game for a smooth machine to work. And it's almost like a dance because if you, if you have people who are playing with you that can't do that, it doesn't work well. So, um, you know, my number 31 and that's it for this week, Jason. Yeah, no, this was a really quick episode. I'm tired, man. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It was a long day today. So people are going to tell me to be tired every Tuesday. <laughs> now. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> no, we'll bring this you back eventually next week. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing too is, Boy, doing a top 100 and another top 100, like our top 200 games basically together, it's a lot of top whatever. So I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I know that a lot of people do this and it's a thing that people enjoy, um, but maybe we can get some feedback from you guys on our Facebook page or website on if you would rather see us do maybe a joint top 100 where we kind of come up with like the best averages or something. I don't know because, I mean, I think I think we're have, we both have really good lists and I think we're having fun doing it, but feels like we've been doing this like this is all our show ever was at this point <laughs> yeah i mean it's almost over we're nearing the end two more episodes yeah two more three. Oh yeah i forgot <laughs> i can't count yeah three more episodes and we're yeah. done unless that was your clever way of announcing that we're gonna do top 15s <laughs> like in the next couple episodes no i just can't read but that's all good yeah well the other thing too is the the passion that we're gonna have for the games as we keep going is gonna get higher and higher um we're gonna love these games more and more and um Already, I know that um, some stuff that I've played since this list was put together would definitely have made my top 100. So maybe we'll have to do an episode of What Missed It that would probably pop in now. So I don't know. That might be a fun list to do at some point. I made a change. It's in my next section. It went from not being on here to being in my top 30. Wow. I know. I know. It it should be obvious what it is. But yeah. So we'll see that next week. That's crazy. So like the, the biggest thing with that is having to bump. I mean, I don't have a problem with you thinking the game's in your top 30 because you play games sometimes two, three times, like not you, everyone, and you go, wow, that's really good and I really like it and it's it's here. It's just bumping something else out that is hard to do. Yeah, it was pretty pretty tricky, but I think I managed. We'll see. All right, well, cool. Uh, well, hey, that's, I guess, it, man. Uh, this is 
been a really short episode. So I hope we didn't throw everyone's mojo off by giving you 10 extra minutes to listen to uh, NPR or something instead. <laughs> yeah, or whatever, yeah. Well, hey, cool. Uh, I've been Joel. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.